Ignition running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's 5.09. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Let's move to the news and talk about MS-13. It is not anything related to MSG. MS-13 is a violent gang from Central and South America, uh, Mexican and elsewhere. They are known for literally butchering people, chopping people up, um, killing women, um, it just, it's, it's a terrible, violent gang. It is pervasive in urban areas in the Washington DC area and along the West coast. Um, there are pockets of it, uh, throughout the country, uh, including in the Atlanta area. And then you, you travel South towards Miami. You get it a lot, uh, head up towards Washington DC. You get a lot. Uh, it is a violent, violent, vicious, bloodthirsty gang. These people are animals. And the president of the United States called them as much. And what did the media do? The media decided the president was talking about illegal aliens in general. On Wednesday, yesterday, the president, he was answering a question from a sheriff, uh, a sheriff, I believe from the West Coast about MS-13. And the president referred to him as animals. The media, uh, pundits and not just pundits, reporters as well, from major networks including NBC and CNBC, uh, I believe I've seen it from ABC, Jake Tapper from CNN actually, uh, one of the good guys here has been defending the president uh, against people in the press. Uh, The New York Times sprung into action against the president, all of them saying the president was calling illegal aliens animals. The president was doing no such thing. If you bother to read the transcript of the president's remarks, it is clear he is referring to this violent gang, that they are animals and he wants them out of the country. He's referring to this violent gang as murderers and rapists, and they are. He's telling the truth. These people are murderers and rapists. They are animals. And that the press had to lie about, willfully lied about it, is rather par for the course these days. I saw someone on Twitter point out that, you know, the man says so much outrageous stuff, it's amazing that you're having to lie about what he's saying to make this outrageous, and that's a fair point. By the way, uh, Brian Kemp is going to be joining me uh, at the bottom of the hour around 5.38-ish, getting ready for the gubernatorial debate. He'll be calling to check in from the campaign trail, Uh, so stick around. We've had Hunter Hill. um, We've got Brian tonight. Casey Cagle will be calling in on Monday. By the way, Fox 5 uh, in Insider Advantage has just released a poll Cagle, 31%, Kemp, 20%, Hunter Hill, 14%, um, Clay Tippins, 12%. 31% for Cagle. Uh, down, the AJC had him at a high of, I think, 42%. Um, 11 Alive had him at 35%. Fox 5 has him at 31%. Um, so undecideds, of course, still huge. Now, um, back to the president. We'll get more into gubernatorial politics later, but uh, it just I, I, I want to paint this broad picture for you and tie it into a story I only touched on briefly yesterday. So the president is talking about MS-13. The media willfully mischaracterizes him as calling all illegal immigrants animals. He wasn't. Jake Tapper, one of the few prominent reporters out there to call out the media on this, saying they were distorting the president. 
They're also still continuing to hammer the White House on why Kelly Sadler has a job. She's the woman who, in a closed-door, off-the-record meeting of White House staff, said that they weren't worried about John McCain uh, opposing Gina Haspel because he was dying and wouldn't be back to the Senate. Someone characterized her as joking. Uh, Other White House staffers tell me and others that she wasn't joking. Uh, This wasn't an issue. Kelly Sadler was just making a statement of fact. And it was a statement of fact that John McCain is not coming back to the United States Senate. And because he's not coming back to the United States Senate, they didn't need to calculate his vote or his impact on the vote. They were working the people in the room and they thought they had the votes. And by the way, they did have the votes. Uh, It turns out that uh, Gina Haspel had the votes and was confirmed this afternoon in the United States Senate to be the CIA director. But the media pounced on that, and when Sarah Sanders came out and said, you know what, this is uh, the story here isn't that someone said something in an off-the-record meeting that you don't like. The story is that there are leakers in this White House, and we are going to find them. And the president tweeted as much, calling these people traitors. And the media's response was, no, 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 forget the leakers. We want to focus on this comment. Now, y'all, I don't care whether you like the president or not. This comment was par for the course for this White House. Lest you forget, the president of the United States told Frank Lutz on a stage in Iowa before the 2016 election that he didn't like uh, John McCain because he was captured. He, he didn't like his, his heroes captured or some such. I mean, this was a rather par-for-the-course argument uh, by the president's campaign or, or by the president's White House. And yet the media wanted to be outraged about it, and they wanted to distract from a ton of other things that were happening in the White House. Because it's very, very clear to me now, there's that story we mentioned yesterday that a pro-Trump alternative media is surging. And I would submit to you that it is surging not because President Trump supporters want a pro-Trump network. While there are certainly people who only want to hear the good news, who only want to hear the rah-rah, who don't want a word critical spoken of the president, the majority of these people, they just want a fair media. They want a fair hearing. They don't want a media that drips with contempt for them, as so much of the national media clearly does. They want a national media that's willing to at least say, you know what, we understand what you're talking about, and here are the actual facts of what happened, and maybe on occasion, oops, we got this story wrong, here's the correct story. If the media would just do that, they wouldn't be facing so much competition. But not only is the media now facing this competition, but their explanation of it is to be condescending and critical about it. That people are leaving them because they just want to be, be have sweet nothing spoken in their ear. That's not true at all. As someone who is very critical of the president during the election and still maintains a, a healthy dose of criticism of some of the things he does— I know I've got a ton of people who listen to this program who are Trump supporters because they, they approach me all the time and say, I disagree with you on this, but at least I know where you're coming from, and, and thanks for just on the regular news telling us what it is and what it isn't. And the media doesn't even do that anymore. The media doesn't want to tell you what happened in the news. They want to tell you what to believe about the news. And yet they ridicule guys like Hannity. Well, guys like Chris Cuomo on CNN are claiming to be objective people and they're having rah-rah pep rallies on CNN with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, who wants to watch that to begin with? That's why the mainstream media is having a hard go of it right now and they're reacting to it with a lot of bitterness and anger. 
Let me stop for just a minute and promote one of our sponsors. Thanks to Dollar Shave Club for sponsoring this week's show. And, you know, I was actually one of the original members of Dollar Shave Club. Back in the day, I was a lawyer when they came out. They had that awesome ad, and I totally bought into it because I was tired of paying for my razors um, at the grocery store price. It is a great company, and the razors are very, very solid. You go to dollarshaveclub.com, and you can see they got more than just razors, and it's so much better than shopping in a grocery store and you know so i got they sent me a packet before this promo began as if i needed them because i got some um but they got a great razor and they've got great shave cream they've got a body cleanser they even have the one wipe charlie's i'll let you decide whether or not you like them or not but you know it's a great it's a great product uh really really do like it uh their dr carver shave butter is fantastic and given that i am prone to rashes and whatnot i only shave every other day because of it i'm sure you wanted to know that um but it actually works and i don't break out uh so i highly do recommend dollar shave club i have been a dollar shave club member for well gosh i was a lawyer it's been a long time since i've you how long have they been around? i don't know anyway they've been around forever um solid solid company great people great idea too they were the first you got all these other competitors out there and they were the first to come out and say you know what we can beat the other guys so a great innovator. You can clean up your bathroom and your morning routine. Join Dollar Shave Club today for just $5. With free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, one-wipe Charlie's. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Way cheaper than what you'll get at the grocery store, by the way. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Eric. Twenty-six after the hour. Uh, I gotta play this clip of of dear Nancy Pelosi. You you're you're warned in advance. It's her voice. Since you brought up the subject of immigration again, it reminds me that, and as I was talking about uh, the religious groups and how they're concerned about feeding the hungry and the gospel of Matthew and the rest. Forty-one million people in our country are food insecure. Uh, we believe that some of us who are attracted to the political arena and to government and public service uh, that uh, we're all God's children. There's a spark of divinity in every person on earth and that we all have to recognize that as we respect the dignity and worth of every person and as we recognize our responsibilities with that spark of divinity within us. And so when the President of the United States says about undocumented immigrants, these aren't people these are animals. You have to wonder, does he not believe in the spark of divinity, the dignity and worth of every person? These... Wait, 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 stop. Let, let, whoa. You believe that, that, that we all have a spark of divinity in us, but yet you're in favor of abortion? <laughs> um, right. They're not people. These are animals the President of the United States. Every day that you think you've seen it all, along comes another manifestation of why their policies are so inhumane. Now, you know, Charlie just pointed out to me while we're playing this clip, uh, remember the the president seemingly suggested that there might be good people in the KKK and and the left went nuts? Um, Here's Nancy Pelosi defending the MS-13 gang members. From the president calling them animals. Uh, hypocrisy much? 
My goodness gracious, these people. Wow. When we come back, I'm going to be joined by Brian Kemp from the campaign trail running for governor. It is 38 past the hour and getting ready for, well, all the gubernatorial debate prep he's got to get ready for is Secretary of State Brian Kemp. How are you? Hey, Eric. Good afternoon. So how are things looking for you on the campaign trail? I, I, it looks like from all the, I mean, you got three major media polls out now. And I mean, I think if the election's held between today and sometime in the next year, you're going to make it into a runoff now. Well, we have a lot of momentum. I'm very excited about that. You know, we've had a disciplined campaign working hard on the ground for 14 months or however long it's been now. And holding our money to the end i've worked very hard on our fundraising and we've got our ads up they're getting great traction and giving us a lot of momentum so really our whole plan is coming together and we're working hard we're not going to be you know i'm worried about that poll on tuesday the 22nd not any polls that are coming out now but it's good to see movement and we're feeling that on the ground well you know i gotta commend you on your advertising campaign because in addition to it being very funny uh you haven't been blowing up your opponents as some of the others have thus far it's been very much this is brian i'm brian kemp and this is what i believe and and we can all take a joke well i think republican primary voters are ready for that i mean obviously campaigns get negative it's unfortunate and I'll fight back uh, when I get hit, but I've tried to run a positive campaign on the issues that I believe in, really talking about who I am as a true conservative, somebody that's been a small business guy working Georgian for 30 years, a father of three teenage daughters, and somebody that's been fighting to cut government regulations, streamlining government, making it smaller, which is what Republicans talk about. And I've obviously got a great record in the secretary of state's office of fighting hard you know suing the obama justice department twice taking on stacy abrams and all these liberal groups funded by george soros and i'll be a governor that'll stand up and do that as well well i i hate to ask you about this but but i need to because i i read today that you lost out on a big endorsement it, it seems speaking of stacy abrams that bernie sanders has decided to go with her well, that's probably good for me, Eric. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if Bernie Sanders did endorse me. I'd, I'd, I'd probably sink my campaign. It doesn't <laughs> surprise so. me a bit. And I'm, I'm looking forward to being successful on the 22nd, getting in the second round, and winning this thing, and, and running against uh, one of the Stacys. And if it's Stacy Abrams, I've I've tangled with her before and hadn't backed down, and I don't plan on doing that in the fall campaign. I'm going to fight hard for putting Georgians first. Now, I am under the impression that if it's you and Casey in the runoff, and all the polling suggests that's what it's going to be, and I think that's a fair assessment of it, that uh, this is going to be a rough-and-tumble runoff because you two probably have the deepest records for each of you to go after. And, I mean, how do you expect to be able to focus on issues in, in the runoff as both sides are slinging mud? Well, I'm going to continue to focus on the issues because the people in this state are ready for somebody that's going to do something for them and do what they say when they get in office. And that's that's a big difference in the records for us. You know, one person taking credit for what somebody else is doing versus somebody that's actually gotten some good work done. So I'm looking forward to talking about those kind of things. Uh, I hope the race doesn't go negative, but you just never know. But I'm I'm in it to win it, and I will defend my record 
and um, we'll be drawing clear contrast if we need to. I mean, I've, I've, like you said, I've been running a positive campaign. Um, have only defended myself and defended my record and talked about, you know, the great things that I've accomplished with the help of some good, hardworking folks and just the drive and determination that I have. And, you know, but we'll be ready for whatever's coming our way. Our way. I fully expect uh, when I start, and, and I'm already moving, and, and there's already a little mudslinging going around, but I'm going to try to stay positive through Tuesday, and then we'll get ready for round number two. Now, i got to ask you a personal question that my wife insists that I ask you, and that is, <laughs> that, that poor boy Jake, did he know what he was getting into with a, a commercial surrounded by you and your guns? Well, I think Jake did. Uh, he did a great job. Obviously, he did. He's a he's a folk hero now, and uh, don't be surprised if you see see Jake coming back. Uh, he sent out a little fundraising email for us a couple of days ago, and uh, a lot of people are asking our daughters, you know, who's going out with Jake or where's Jake, and asking the campaign staff that's been traveling with me, are you Jake? And so it's been funny, but I tell you, you know, your ads are really resonating when you have. Georgians just uh, going to political events and other things and, you know, sitting in uh, some sort of restaurant somewhere and somebody comes up and says, hey, you got that shotgun in your truck and where's that Where's that kid at? So yeah, they really they really are some of some of the there. great political ads of the season, and I, I, I'm I'm sure they're getting paid well and they deserve it because I've just enjoyed they're a good respite from all the other ads that are out there. Well, and the left attacking me just, you know, they, they just take this stuff too seriously, and it's unfortunate they don't have a sense of humor and don't understand the culture we have in the South. And, you know, you can't make everybody happy in politics, but I'll tell you, we've had a great response. And it's drawing attention to my conservative four-point plan, making Georgia number one for small business by cutting government regulations, blowing up government spending, implementing a spending cap, taking a chainsaw to government regulations, and making Georgia number one for small business, but also putting Georgians first, standing up for my values, you know, strong advocator of the Second Amendment and life and, and religious freedom and, and other things that I'll be fighting for as governor. Well, good luck to you in the campaign trail and good luck in the debate. Thanks so much for having me on. Y'all have a good evening. Absolutely. You too. Secretary of State Brian Kemp getting ready for the gubernatorial debates. We've got one. We'll be airing live here on Sunday on WSB. And then, of course, the election is on the 22nd. Uh, early voting going on right now, um, today and tomorrow. You know, so I mentioned uh, the the Fox 5 poll now, Insider Advantage poll, has uh, the let me see if I can get the numbers for you pulled up right here. Um, so 31% Kegel, 20% Kemp, 14% Hunter Hill, uh, Clay Tippins at 12%, uh, Michael Williams in single digits, and the rest undecided. Um, there has been a I just so you got the HAC had, had Kegel at 40 some odd percent, then down to 35 ish percent in 11 Alive. 31% in this one. Um, he's definitely going to be number one in the runoff. Um, it, it does suggest that he's got some level of soft support there, um, but you still have a third of voters who are supporting Cagle. Uh, Kemp, I definitely think, has the advantage headed into a, a, a headed into Tuesday, being the second man headed in, and, and that means I, I think it's, he, Cagle has made the strategic decision to go after Tippins and to go after um, Hunter Hill. If it is 
Kemp in the runoff, as the polling suggested could be, you give Tippins and Hill an excuse to rally towards Kemp against Cagle by having gone after them. Um, we'll see how this thing shapes up, and we'll be here all night Tuesday with the coverage of the election. Is that stalled bus Michael Williams' deportation bus? It broke down on the side of the road. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yep, yep. The deportation bus broke down. Won't be going to Mexico anytime soon. Um, to the phones we go. John in Gainesville, you are up first. Welcome. Hey, how are you doing, Eric? I'm good. How are you? Been listening to you a long time. I'm doing great. Hey, you know, I want to be a... a well-informed voter I, and I don't get to watch TV much I hear a lot of radio especially talk radio but you know I'd like to go to a website to see the candidates platform so that I'm better educated on what they stand for um, do you have a website that you can give me and and all the other listeners that, you know you, that it's allow us Funny you should ask. Uh, there used to be Project Vote Smart used to, they would send around detailed surveys to the candidates and they would build a website where you could see their positions on uh, various things. But more and more of the candidates don't fill out the Project Vote Smart surveys and largely because Project Vote Smart, a lot of their presuppositions are liberal. Uh, so why bother? The, the best place to go really is to their individual websites and you can pull up their platforms and get a sense of their big key issues from their websites like for example uh what do they put as their number one issue if it's a, is it immigration or is it transportation or is it taxes uh just see see what their issues are and in what order they are understanding that some of them put them up alphabetically but you can get a sense in that regard from their individual websites as to what they care about i mean for example there's actually a video up in uh forsyth county i've mentioned this race the sherry gilligan uh joanna cloud race and sherry gilligan is a conservative and she wants you to know she cares about the second amendment and she cares about life issues and you see her opponent ridiculing her for caring about life issues because of traffic seriously we we can't be pro-life because of traffic that's basically the opponent's position um go to the websites check their positions there It's nine after the hour, and I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone lines are open, and um, if you got questions about the election or what have you, uh, certainly feel free to call in tonight. I'll do my best to answer your questions. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Real quickly, I just, I have to share this with you. I know I should be, I, we should be straight into news, but I got to share this with you. My kid is learning Greek mythology in school, and he was trying to figure out who the wives of the gods were and the Greek gods. And so, well, Hera is married to Zeus. He says, well, who's Poseidon married to? I said, Poseidon doesn't have a wife. He says, well, why does Poseidon have so many kids? I said, well, Poseidon, he... Um, was was cruel to women, and he did things to make them have children with him. I don't want to say he. I don't want to get into raping with my kid and and what it all entails and means, but 
he looks at me and he says, "So he was like the the he was like the the Cosby guy of the Greek gods." <laughs> Bill Cosby, you meant? <laughs> yes, Poseidon was like the Cosby guy of the Greek gods. <laughs> yes. The way kids process the news these days. My goodness gracious. Okay, we got to get into some Georgia politics. I wanted to spend most of the time last hour on national politics. I feel like I've gotten bogged down to some degree as this race heats up in the final days, but it is worth covering. Uh, and as always, I do try to play the ads that have come out. Um, we have one now from Hunter Hill uh, with Ted Cruz's endorsement. We've also got this one from Stacey Evans. With This is the third in a three-part ad campaign, a biographical ad campaign, that I thought is actually, she does a really good job in these ads. They're very emotional, uh, and this is the latest. Growing up in Ringgold, I had good memories too, like with my dad. He's a truck driver who adopted me while he was married to mom. He's a good man. I'm Stacy Evans, and when dad was younger, there were no Hope Scholarships. It's like that today for thousands of Georgia students. As governor, I'll restore Hope's original promise. A B average gets you full tuition at a state university, and I'll restore tuition-free technical college for all. We need Hope again. I think it's a good ad. I, I, I do. Uh, and as I've gotten more and more into filming videos and, and stuff, uh, the the framing of it as well, her off-center to the right, then it shows a montage of different uh, school kids they're all centered um i think it's it, it is a good ad she has done a very good job building up her biography in this race i'm not sure whether it will actually get her through this uh, meanwhile we also have a new ad out from hunter hill featuring ted cruz uh, they sent me the draft of what's going out hi this is ted cruz I'm endorsing Hunter Hill for governor because he's a conservative of conviction. Hunter Hill fought to defend our Constitution during three combat tours overseas. He is strongly pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, and we can count on him to stand for our conservative values. This is Hunter Hill. Are you tired of career politicians who campaign like Ronald Reagan and then govern like Barack Obama? I know I am. I'm an Army Ranger, not a career politician. My opponents offer campaign gimmicks but I will bring true conservative leadership to tackle the tough issues and drive a conservative vision for our state. As governor, I will eliminate the state income tax, stop sanctuary cities, and fight for our Christian values. Again, I'm Hunter Hill, and I would appreciate your vote on May 22nd. Paid for by Georgians for Hunter Hill. Radio ad for Hunter Hill there with Ted Cruz, who I'm assuming recorded his audio on an iPhone or something, popping some peas there, which we're not supposed to do in radio. Uh, so those are the latest ads we have out and in circulation. Now, uh, to give you guys a sense, if, if you tuned in the first hour, I told you to, to put a pin down right where I-20 and the connector cross over and go out 20 miles, you'll get rain. Uh, do the same thing and go out 15 miles now. And on the south side, you're, the rain is starting to get in uh, in that regard. It's also a long I-20 past Villarica 
heavy, heavy, heavy rain coming up I-85 as well. If you're in the Noonan area, uh, just watch yourself out there because when you get south of Noonan, the rain is going to start getting very, very heavy. And then south of the 75-675 connection on the south side by Stockbridge, get down towards McDonough and Lo- Locust Grove, you are going to get some heavy rain out there as well. Mostly on the north side, there are scattered showers, but you're uh, you're fairly well okay till you get out towards Brazelton. That reminds me, um, tomorrow night at 7, I will be at the train depot in Hushton, um, just outside of Brazelton. Uh, my buddy uh, Sam Thomas is running for the state house out there. Uh, that is the basically Jackson County is the district. So if you're in Jackson County, in that area, I will be in Hushton, and you are more than welcome to come see me at seven. Will not be doing a live broadcast at the at the event, though. Um, I don't want to get in the habit of doing live broadcasts at political events because there always wind up being a bunch of them. But come on by after seven; I will be there. Um, now, other news: we do have the polling I mentioned in the gubernatorial race as this shapes up on the Republican side. And as Brian Kemp and I talked, um, Stacey Abrams has nabbed the Bernie Sanders endorsement. Y'all, I admire you. Well, Stacey, Stacey Abrams and I disagree on, on a ton of stuff. Uh, she is very liberal. I'm very conservative. What I like about Stacey Abrams, though, is that she's not playing at being someone. And I think as a partisan, I have to appreciate that, and you should too. You may not agree with her on anything. You may not even like her. But you should appreciate that she's not putting on airs of being someone she's not. There are a lot of candidates who would have turned down a Bernie Sanders endorsement in Georgia. There are a lot of candidates who would have turned down a Kamala Harris endorsement in Georgia. There are a lot of candidates who would never have wanted to be uh, involved with a group that calls for slave reparations or the confiscation of guns. Uh, And Stacey Abrams is willing to be parts of those, and she doesn't necessarily agree on all of their issues. Uh, She has not come out on the issue of slave reparations or confiscation of all guns, Um, but she's willing to be affiliated with them. And she's willing to go out and say she's a liberal, that she's, she's not going to pretend to be a moderate uh, to try to lure Republicans to her. She's going to tell them what she is, and she's going to try to offer them something to compel them to come over. And I think that's commendable. One of my favorite quotes from a member of Congress is from Barney Frank, the uh, gay congressman from uh, Massachusetts, former congressman from Massachusetts, who ran a, a gay prostitution brothel out of his apartment. Seriously. And was able to stay in Congress. But he has one of my favorite quotes of, a, of, a, of an elected official, and that is to be liberal or conservative. Don't ever be moderate, because liberals and conservatives stand for something and moderates stand for nothing. I, I think that's a, a great quote. Um, most people, by the way, who consider themselves moderate actually are liberals. Uh, they just don't like to admit it, admit it because they think the progressive movement gives liberalism a bad name. Most independents these days, for that matter, are Republicans. All the data is fairly consistent on this point, that if you call yourself a moderate, you are more likely than not actually a liberal who votes Democrat. If you call yourself an independent, uh, you more likely than not are a Republican who are ashamed of the Republican Party. 
And the data does reflect that. Um, Paul Begala, the the Democratic political operative and pollster, uh, he and I have had several conversations on this, that his firm, uh, when they're looking for voters, they avoid independents when they're trying to lure people to vote for their Democrat. They avoid people who call themselves independent, and they always approach people who call themselves moderates because they know a moderate is actually a Democrat in disguise and an independent is a Republican in disguise. Stacey Abrams isn't putting on any of these airs. She's out there saying, I'm a liberal Democrat. These are my causes. These are my people. And hopefully I'll be able to give you something to vote for because I disagree with your alternative. Um, And that's fine. I appreciate her honesty in that. Uh, But I don't think a Bernie Sanders endorsement helps you in Georgia. Uh, I don't that maybe in some parts of the the Emory area with the Emroids, it helps. Uh, But outside of the Emroidville over there on the east side of Atlanta, I don't know that having Bernie Sanders endorse you really helps you with your gubernatorial campaign in Georgia. If anything, it's something Republicans will use in the um, in the fall. Uh, and by the way, there are a lot of Hillary Clinton supporters who are still embittered by Bernie Sanders. Let me stop for just a minute and promote one of our sponsors. Thanks to Dollar Shave Club for sponsoring this week's show. And you know, I was actually one of the original members of Dollar Shave Club. Back in the day, I was a lawyer when they came out. They had that awesome ad, and I totally bought into it because I was tired of paying for my razors um, at the grocery store price. It is a great company, and the razors are very, very solid. You go to dollarshaveclub.com, and you can see they got more than just razors, and it's so much better than shopping in a grocery store. And, you know, so I got, they sent me a packet before this promo began as if I needed them because I got some, Um, but they got a great razor and they've got great shave cream they've got a body cleanser they even have the one wipe charlies i'll let you decide whether or not you like them or not but you know it's a great it's a great product uh really really do like it uh their dr carver shave butter is fantastic and given that i am prone to rashes and whatnot i only shave every other day because of it i'm sure you wanted to know that um but it actually works and i don't break out uh so i highly do recommend dollar shave club i have I've been a Dollar Shave Club member for, well, gosh, I was a lawyer. It's been a long time since I've used, how long have they been around? I don't know. Anyway, they've been around forever. Um, solid, solid company. Great people. Great idea, too. They were the first. You got all these other competitors out there, and they were the first to come out and say, you know what? We can beat the other guys. So, a great innovator. You can clean up your bathroom and your morning routine. Join Dollar Shave Club today for just $5. With free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, one-wipe Charlies. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Way cheaper than what you'll get at the grocery store, by the way. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Eric. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let us go back to the phones to Joe and Austell. Welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. First of all, I love you. Well, thank you. I just have a question for you. Why is it, I get the impression that white people are afraid to vote. That, that they have to vote black for Democrats. All of the commercials are trying to um, recruit or get the black vote. Where are the white people, the Democratic whites, to say, hey, this is who I want, not because of the color? 
I don't understand. Why are they afraid to vote white? Like um, the Mary, Mary Norwood situation. And well, when, you know, you know, one of the big issues there is uh, on the Democratic side, you deal with different issues on the Republican side. There is uh, among liberal whites a prevailing sense of guilt um, that sometimes they feel like they have to vote uh, for a minority candidate so that they can feel good about themselves and reassure yes. themselves they're not racist. Yes, I agree. 100%. I do. Well, and, and you know, uh, to some degree as well, um, you know, take, for example, the, the, the Abrams-Evans race. You've got a situation where Stacey Evans is being attacked um, by some political activists for being white, that somehow she's trying to keep out a, a black person. And within the Democratic Party, identity politics is such a big thing that uh, there will be some white voters who believe that, that yes, uh, she is trying to do this, um, which I don't think is actually the case. I mean, her entire point of running is she wants to restore the Hope Scholarship. Race has nothing to do with it. But, you know, in the Democratic Party, they played with this fire for a long time. It's starting to burn all of them. And they're, and they're believing that. They're buying that. The, the guy that's running for Secretary of State, he could come up, comes off his porch saying, my grandfather risked his life to stop a lynch. Who are you, who are you trying to get the vote for? I mean, what? I mean, I don't get it. I'm like, they, when are we going to stop this? That's part of the problem as well. I mean, when, yeah. when Keisha Lance bottom one, the thing was black girl magic. What is that to say in a political office? And, you know, I remember, and Joe, thank you for calling. i got to let you go there because we're almost out of time here. We've got a hard break. But I remember a guy giving a speech where he said he longed for the day where we were judged by the content of our character and not the color of our skin. It is 39 after the hour. Uh, okay, uh, I want to go back to the phones. Uh, I want to go to Marty. You are up next. Marty, welcome. Good evening. How are you? I'd like to, like to ask your feelings about uh, Mr. Kemp's actions on the Monroe County, Bibb County line issue. You know, I actually think he's handled himself very well on this issue. Uh, and... I live in the county that stands to lose, um, but I think he's handled himself very, very well. Um, and for those of you who don't know what Marty's talking about, uh, Brian Kemp, uh, Secretary of State, has to deal with a border dispute between Monroe County and Bibb County. Um, years, uh, well over 150 years ago, uh, between Monroe and Bibb, the line was drawn and the end point was connected to a ferry that crossed the Okmulgee River. And that ferry station burned, it was abandoned, and no one ever really thought of it. The, the line was what it was. You had taxpayers in Monroe County continuing to pay Monroe County taxes, taxpayers in Bibb County paying Bibb County taxes. And the Bass Pro Shop that's on 75 is just inside Bibb County, uh, right uh, at Bass Road. And I was the law a lawyer for that deal. It was the very last deal that I did. And we did three surveys uh, to make sure that no part of that Bass Pro Shop could be in Monroe County because the border was technically nebulous. The, the end point on the border no longer existed. Uh, so we did three surveys, and we went with the worst-case scenario survey to ensure that 
even in the worst case scenario, only the parking lot, part of the parking lot could be in Monroe County. Now, what happened was Monroe County suddenly took an interest in where the line was. They claimed at the time that it was uh, they they didn't want development down there. They wanted to be a bedroom community. The reality is it came out over time and a lot of litigation that ensued that really they, they wanted in on it because they knew there were going to be some big development in the area. The, the result is that no development came in that area. There were plans for Target, Lowe's, and other things. And with the border being undecided, and nobody wanted to build in that area. They, they shut down all of it. So they hired a, a surveyor, and it turns out that the surveyor was kin to someone on the commission in Monroe County. And all Brian Kemp has wanted to do is interview the guy, and he's refused uh, to be interviewed. So Kemp won't, it is the job of the Secretary of State to settle these border disputes between counties. And he can't settle it because uh, people won't cooperate with him. So he's um, held it. And it seems to me it's a no-brainer that no one, no property owner has paid taxes to both Monroe and Bibb County. So draw the line where that count, where the, the property taxes are, if you're unsure, uh, so that people aren't disrupted. Uh, now, my house could actually wind up being in Monroe County uh, if the this, depending on how the situation goes, uh, only a couple hundred feet from Monroe County. But I, I, I wouldn't mind being in Monroe County, but as a bib taxpayer, uh, it would it would hurt economically with the schools and stuff for that disruption. And, uh, nonetheless, I think Brian Kipp has handled himself as well as he could in a difficult situation, far better than either county has handled themselves. Uh, remember that I will be in Hushton tomorrow. Uh, we've had three different people call, and they've all said I was pronouncing it the wrong way. Um, I say Hushton. I always have. Uh, and I will be there at the train depot on uh, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock after the show. Um, I will not be—we're not going to do the live broadcast there, so don't show up expecting to hang out during the show. Um, I will be there after. So, uh, anyway, I want to tell you guys— a story. Just let me be a storyteller here. Don't, don't, don't tune away. Nope. You need to hear this. Interviewed a lady. She was a victim of human trafficking. And Clay Tippins, to his great credit, is running for governor as the candidate talking about this issue. I don't know that you all know, maybe at a, at a, at a theoretical level, you do, not at a practical, real level, understand that Atlanta is a hotbed of human trafficking. And by human trafficking, I am talking slavery. Uh, people who literally are slaves who cannot escape. Um, and they are sold out and awful things are done to them. And this lady helps those who have been in the situation. She was rescued. And she's not, we, we have the sense that it's foreigners who are brought into this country. And actually, majority of those brought in this country or, or who are human trafficking victims of this country now are actually kidnapped American kids. I thought about that the other day, that terrible story. You had the one kid followed home by someone who pretended to be police. And then a mother in South Atlanta caught her kids nearly kidnapped um, out of the driveway by strangers. Um, it is majority American kids who are trafficked. Now, and this young lady was trafficked by her father. Yes, she was a A student. 
she was on the softball team at her public school, and no one in her school knew what was happening to her at night by her father. Um, it is an amazing story, uh, and she was ultimately rescued. And I want to share that story with you and the details around it. Uh, I'm doing a new series with CRTV. If you want to watch it, it'll be out soon. Text the word FAMILY to 345-345, and I'll get you the information to subscribe.